If you're enjoying this episode, check out Fearless Fridays with Marianne, the podcast to help you transform past pain into present power so that you can heal your inner child and reshape your future. I am your host, Marianne Rivera-Dannert in Rochester, New York. My mission is to see women worldwide live a free, fearless, and fabulous life. Subscribe to Fearless Fridays with Marianne on the JazzCast Pros Network, available right here on your favorite podcast player. And remember, you are a priority and you matter. JazzCast Pros. My ability to walk was greatly diminished. I had gotten to the point where I did not have the physical capability of moving my legs to be able to get from point A to point B. I could feel the heaviness of depression creeping up because I was confronted with, you know, will I be able to walk again? So today's podcast is all about what a spinal lumectomy and fusion is and the reasons why I needed to have this surgery. I wanted to be able to just walk you through the process so that you can better understand how things go if you are ever confronted with a similar situation. Hey, welcome to Healthy Illness Podcast, the podcast that helps you build healthier relationships while living with a mental health condition. I am your host, Kelly Marie, and I am just a woman living with depression, anxiety, and borderline personality disorder. Oh, yes, that one is a doozy. So take a seat, walk however you listen to your podcast. Today, we are talking about back surgery. That's where I've been. I've been out recovering from back surgery. It's been an incredible experience and I have learned a lot. And so I wanted to share some of those lessons with you. So like, subscribe, share all of the things and um, let's get to it. About mid-January, I'll back up a little bit. I have had um, lower back pain, sciatica for decades. I, I just, that is the the story of my lower back life. And um, sometime in January, I started noticing that my legs were getting heavy. Um, now with that, I will say December, December is my birthday. Remember, ooh, ooh, Sagittarius in the house. And um, I had a birthday party. I went to all of the holiday parties. I wore heels. I danced the night away. Like I had a good December. But Sometime in, in early to mid-January, my legs started feeling heavy. I did not realize it at the time, but in December, looking back, I did have leg fatigue. They weren't heavy. I just I got tired quickly, so I, I wasn't really doing a lot of extra stuff. And so by the end of January, I was walking with a limp. I was dragging my legs, both my left and my right leg. My left leg was worse than the right. And um, I, I finally had to buy a cane. So that was a big deal. I cannot tell you how many tears I cried because I, I didn't want that to be my life, right? And I know that so many people live with physical issues and I really felt my kind of life slipping away from me. It wasn't that, um, you know, like an effect of 
being in a car accident or something having happened to me, there wasn't anything that I could place in my life that would have caused this type of um, fatigue and heaviness to occur in my legs. And so uh, my doctor sent me for an MRI. No, actually, first she sent me for a uh, x-ray. And um, the x-ray had showed some things in my lower back, and that qualified me to get an MRI, or we hoped. Um, what was interesting in this whole process was that I have great insurance, let me just say, but the insurance industry is the worst. I just, it's ridiculous. You have someone who is able-bodied in December who is no longer able-bodied and walking with the cane and not able to continue with the normal functions of their life a month later. And it took me several weeks to get approval to have an MRI. They denied it and they had to, my doctor's office had to resubmit for the MRI again. And finally they approved the second request. But in the meantime, my walking deteriorated. So I I got the first MRI and those results came back. There's a a lesion or fatty tumor on my spine, as well as a herniated disc in my lumbar spine. So this is all in the lower back. My spine is straightened in the area where it should be uh, curved. And there were a couple other things that were going on. But my doctor wasn't um, satisfied that that was the only issue. Um, She said the way that I was walking with the symptoms I was having, it didn't, to her, seem like it was just the lower back. And so she requested an MRI of my brain and cervical spine. Her concern was perhaps this is MS. Um, I don't have an MS diagnosis, but I guess what she saw, she's a family practice uh, physician, that was where her her thought process was going. And so I did get an MRI of my brain and my cervical spine. So the cervical spine is the section of your spine right after your brain, so that your neck area. Um, when they did that, took the MRI, they saw some stenosis, which is closing of the spinal cord in my thoracic spine. So you have your brain, then you have your cervical spine, then you have your thoracic spine, then you have your lumbar lumbar spine, and then you have your sacral spine. So lumbar, lower uh, back areas where a lot of people tend to see this type of damage done to the spinal cord. But um, they were able to see inadvertently a part of the thoracic spine um, from this brain and cervical spine. MRI. Um, The stenosis was very severe. There was uh, tissue and bone that was growing into the spinal cord and pushing and compressing, pushing down on the spinal cord, which was then giving me the numbness and tingling in my hands and numbness and tingling in my feet, as well as the heaviness that I was experiencing in my legs and trying to walk. It had gotten to the point when I was able to see the neurosurgeon that I couldn't walk more than 15 or 20 feet without needing to stop. So going through all of the issues that happen with insurance and scheduling appointments and 
all of this. Now, mind you, right? I started this process in January, knew that something wasn't right. I knew something wasn't right, but I didn't think it was this bad. And so it, it was when I, you know, woke up and realized that I needed help walking that I took things seriously. My neurosurgeon appointment was April 12th. It took that long from the end of January to April 12th to get the x-ray, the MRIs, make the appointment and be seen. Now, it did not take long for me to get an appointment with the neurosurgeon, which was incredible. But in that four-month period, my ability to walk was greatly diminished. I had gotten to the point where I would get to work, come home, and get in the bed. Like, that's it. I didn't have... Not even energy isn't the abil- uh, the right word. I just, I did not have the physical capability of moving my legs to be able to get from point A to point B. That took a toll. I could feel the heaviness of depression uh, kind of creeping up because I, I was doing nothing and there wasn't anything I could do. I did the best that I could, used all of the tools, but I was confronted with, you know, will I be able to walk again? I never, though, listen, I never at any point thought that I would live the rest of my life this way. I just didn't feel that, but I didn't know what the answer would be. I went to my first MRI or my first neurosurgeon appointment and Saw the neurosurgeon. Uh, we spoke for a couple minutes, and he says, "Hey, have you have you seen your your MRI?" I'm like, no. He's like, "Well, come on, come down to my office, and I'll show you what it looks like." And so he, you know, goes off and he's walking, and I'm like, "I'll get there eventually. Just you like cue it up and get ready for me. I'll I'll get there when I get there." Now I get to his office. He shows me. Um, Think about the moon. If the moon is the circumference of your spinal cord, a full moon would be a healthy spinal cord. Like you have no compression, there's no issues, spinal cord stuff that is in that area, you know, is working the way it should be working. I had what looked like a crescent moon of space. The rest of that was bone and tissue growing into and pressing on my spinal cord. It was pretty spectacular to see. I, I just, I was blown away by by what I saw. So what he told me, you need surgery. I can fix this. You're healthy. You need surgery and you need it right away. So we're going to schedule you for surgery. Uh, he said, we'll go in and clean out the area, get rid of all of the debris, the bone, the tissue, whatever, you know, all of the pieces of you that are, are compressing on your spine. And um, I'll install uh, screws and, and that'll be it. You'll be in the hospital for three or four days and then you'll go home. You'll be able to take the stairs. You'll be able to, you know slowly kind of move and and regain your life back. It's going to take up to a year to heal, but you should see some immediate changes out of surgery. So I wasn't really expecting that, but it it made sense, especially when he showed me the MRI and uh, he put me on some steroids. He wanted to be able to reduce the inflammation and kind of return some strength to my legs. And he said, listen, You're going to feel better because of the steroids. But if you feel any change, 
any setback, anything new, go to the emergency room right away and we'll operate the next morning. I definitely was not expecting that, but I'm like, oh, this, I guess is really serious then. Huh. How about that? Greetings, everyone. My name is Ra. Yes, I am the host of Father Torch. I would like to take this time to invite you in my discussions on very, very important topics of being a black and brown father in today's society. Being a parent, the other parent, we face trials and tribulations too. We have worries, we have feelings. Here at Father Torch, we promote the advocacy of being the dad you wish you had. Join me at fathertorch.com. So I get a call. They give me the the pre-op paperwork. And so if you've never had surgery, pre-op, they want to make sure your heart is strong enough to withstand surgery. Um, They do like blood work. I think they x-ray your lungs to make sure you don't have any issues with your lungs. My doctor reviewed everything, said I was healthy enough for surgery. That's really the extent of the the pre-op work. I got a call on Monday, the following Monday. Kelly, your surgery is going to be on Thursday. So a week after my appointment to the day was my surgery. Uh, I had to show up. Um, no food after midnight, uh, which, you know, you turn into a gremlin or something if you do. I, I still don't know, side note, why you can't eat after midnight, but whatever. So no food or drink after midnight. I get up the next morning and head in for surgery. So here's the thing. I am single, live by myself, and uh, I don't have anyone here to take care of me. I had to advocate for myself, both with my physicians and with my friends and family, to make sure I had enough assistance in the house while I was recovering. So it was my understanding um, after talking to my physician, that after talking to the surgeon, that I would be in the hospital for three or four days and or two or three. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high quality recordings, regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. Three days, one or the other. Three or four, two to three. Anyways, a couple of days and would be released to go home. I would need some help doing heavy stuff, but I would be able to take the stairs right away. Uh, it, it would not be like an incredibly invasive. Well, I mean, yes, it's incredibly invasive because they're cutting your spine. But the recovery process, the initial recovery process would not be that long. And I should be able to return back to work in a couple of weeks. So that's what I went on, you know, and and his confidence and my understanding and everything that Google taught me. I used to better understand what was happening. I have a very close friend whose aunt is a a neurological nurse. So she goes into the operating room and her specialty is neurology. I don't know what the title is, but 
big ups. Love you. Thank you so much. And she was able to ask questions and give me questions to ask the neurosurgeon to find out exactly what I I need to know. Like I, I didn't know what questions to ask, but I knew enough that I needed to talk to those that are in my circle to see what they knew, to let them know and to see what was happening and to see if they were available and able to assist after the surgery. And so I did that. And three of my uh, closest friends were available to assist, one of whom is my health proxy. And that's a whole discussion we'll talk about in another episode about having a health proxy and why it's important to have one and who you should choose uh, to, to be your health proxy. And so I didn't need, you know, a lot of help. My mom was going to come up for the surgery and I was able to talk to her and um, express my desire for her not to come to the surgery. And it hurt her feelings. She wanted to be here to support me in my recovery, but I didn't want her here to support my recovery because I wouldn't be able to, I mean, she's my mom, right? And I'm her baby, but I'm 46 years old and I got kids of my own. I'm not a baby. And I I knew that that type of um, assistance is not the type of assistance that I would need. Additionally, my mom has bad knees. I live in a two-story home. Like she wouldn't be able to go up and down stairs and, and run and get things for me if I needed them. She couldn't help me get into the shower. Like it would have been more like moral support. And, and I didn't need that for what the neurosurgeon outlined would be my surgery. Long story short, uh, my surgery ends up being a spinal lumectomy of the T1 through T3. So your thoracic spine has 12 sections. Um, The issues that I was having were in my T2 spine and he needed to fuse the T1 spine and the T3 part of my spine together in order to have stability within my spine because the T2 piece was so overgrown. I don't know uh, that that was the, the surgery that needed to occur. So fusion, the lumectomy, lumectomy, I hope I'm saying that right. If not, Google will tell you. But um, it is the cutting away, the cleaning of of spine, removing a piece of spine and replacing it usually with another piece of bone from someplace else in the body in order to facilitate healing. So in this case, they did remove the spine, pieces of the T2 spine. And the the fix was not to add more bone, but to insert uh, screws and rods. And so I had two rods inserted with Uh, six screws to add stability to my spinal cord. I ended up waking up, walking straight out of the hospital. Well, straight, uh, I didn't walk out of the hospital, but after surgery, I did walk the day of my surgery. And there's clips up on um, Instagram and Facebook, The Front Seat Life. If you want to see what those initial days were like, check it out. If you want to see the progress of me walking, check it out. The Front Seat Life on IG and Facebook. But I was able to walk right out of surgery. I have felt immediately different and immediately better. There was an immediate change in my life because of the surgery. At the same time, advocating for self, and we'll go more into this 
uh, in a, another episode, but I, I needed assistance. Now, remember, I thought I wouldn't need assistance. I did need assistance because the surgery was more in depth than they thought it would be. And I lived by myself. So I needed some 24 hour care for a couple days. Uh, I ended up going into the rehab unit at the hospital and staying there for about a week and a half as I learned how to move my arms, use my legs. You know, they they cut open my back. So um, there's probably about a seven, eight inch length incision um, that is is healing. And that's, you know, they, they opened up my back. So they had to cut through the muscle and put the muscle back together again. And so I needed assistance and help as I was healing to, to learn how to, to move and to modify my movements in order to be able to be self-sufficient. And so I, I spent a week and a half in the medical rehab unit and learned to walk. There's uh, clips and reels again on Instagram and Facebook about that process and what it looked like. But suffice it to say, I, when I got home, I was able to pretty much take care of myself. I could shower by myself. Um, I was able to take the stairs up and down by myself. I did need help with lifting things, moving things. I couldn't like change my sheets or um, stand up and cook for long periods of time. And so my friends, they took care of me, man. I Not just my three that were there, but uh, folks brought food up to the hospital and brought food to the house. I cannot tell you how moved I was by the amount of support that I had and the love that people have for me. I just, I think I, I didn't know that it existed in that way. And so, I mean, folks bought groceries and sent food to the house. Um, my staff is incredible. They hooked me up with like a billion dollars from DoorDash. Uh, and it was just, it was good. It was overwhelming um, the amount of love and support that everyone showed me. Hey, if you like this episode, check out Getting Real with Bossy, where we chat about what it's like to be a woman business owner. You'll hear interviews with women who are doing what it takes to succeed and the reality of what that looks like. We cover all the topics, figuring out the rules and regulations, navigating business partnerships, even if that's your spouse, motherhood while running a business, working within your values, and all the ups and downs of being the boss. Are you ready to get real? Pop over to our podcast, Getting Real with Bossy. Fantastic. And so what I would like to, I guess, the takeaway from today's episode is being able to know when you need help and to be able to use the tools. I'm going to take a couple of episodes and dive deeper into this whole experience, but I wanted to just outline what the surgery was, what it looked like. One of the things that the neurosurgeon said afterwards, and they come visit you, and uh, one of the the team members said, "Yeah, when we um, went to, you know, we cut away the bone, and when we lifted the bone out up off of your spinal cord, it just sprang back to life." And they had this like look of not awe, but it seemed pretty damn cool. And uh, I guess not what is usually expected. Not a neurosurgeon, so I don't really know, uh, but. It gave me hope to know that they were so um, positive and hopeful 
during the surgery, seeing my spinal cord kind of spring back to life. And so I'm thankful for everyone that was there. You're going to have to check out the next couple of episodes. And that is because I I, I go into, this really was a, a roadmap, a true front seat life experience of being able to advocate for myself in a medical situation, but also with my family and with my friends, being able to speak up, being able to have tough conversations with people that love and care about me, about what my needs were, and telling people no and telling people yes. Um, I will have a guest, uh, Dr. Michelle. She is a great friend of mine and works at the hospital where I was at. And I, I, when I tell you, I thought I knew how to advocate for myself, but it wasn't until Michelle and Ty and Donna advocated on my behalf that I realized the journey that I had before me when it, it comes to advocacy for myself you know, we often, especially if you're a caregiver, right, we can advocate for other people and not take no for an answer and make sure that those that we love and care about are taken care of. Um, but it, it can be different and difficult for people to advocate for themselves. And, you know, I used all the tools, but I still wasn't as um, persistent as I needed to be. I still didn't ask the right questions that I needed to ask. And um, and they, they gave me that energy, that boost, that push that I needed in a time of need to be able to advocate for self. So Dr. Michelle will be a guest and we're going to talk more about advocacy from the perspective of a caregiver uh, and what that looks like for you. So like, subscribe, and share if you are enjoying healthy illness. If you are getting anything out of this podcast, please leave a comment and uh, send it to someone, right? We we never know where people are and they're walking in their journey. And uh, we're wrapping up Mental Health Awareness Month. And it, it's so important to be open and understanding of what mental health looks like and what it looks like for those that you love and care about. So for the next couple of episodes, we are going to be diving deep into not just the back surgery. It's not that. It's about the healing process. It's about the advocacy piece. It's about self-care. It's about being able to ask for help. It's about being able to set boundaries and sticking to those boundaries and what it's like to enforce those boundaries when it comes to those that we love. So I'll be diving deep over the next couple episodes. And I encourage you to send your questions to frontseatlife at gmail.com. If you have any questions about this process, about what I learned and, and what I have had to, to grow into because of it, I'll be back next week. So continue to be the light in all of the ways in which you light up other people's lives. If you are looking for assistance and you need someone to talk to, then it's urgent. Please dial 988. That is the National um, Mental Health uh, Emergency uh, Lifeline. 988 and press talk on your phone. Uh, if you are experiencing a medical emergency, definitely dial 911. Let them know if it is a mental health situation or a physical health situation so that they send the right people to help you. And if you're looking for assistance, 
and, and you don't know where to go. Like you need someone to talk to and you don't know how to get there. How do you find someone to talk to? You can dial 211 on your phone or go to 211 in your browser. And that is the uh, resource where you can look up resources in your specific community. Until the next time, I thank you for listening. I thank you for always being there and be the light.